All right. All right. Welcome into uh, the first official episode of the Three Fantasy Boys podcast. We are your hosts, Mikey Mize, Ryan Sams, and Steve Duncan. Um, so today, today's episode, we're just talking about rookie quarterbacks. Um, no real, no real outline for today. We're just going to have a conversational tone about each of these guys, uh, what they bring to the table, who we're most excited about from a fantasy standpoint. Um, yeah. And so with that, let's get into it. Um, but before we start, I have to ask Steve, how was Kong versus Godzilla? Oh, so funny story. I <laughs> went to go watch that last night and I didn't realize HBO Max was the only platform you can watch it on. So, so you didn't watch it. We didn't watch it. <laughs> we watched some other movie on Netflix, which I don't know. It's kind of weird. I forgot the what name was it? of it. Um, mm-hmm. What Lies Beneath or What Lies. Yeah, something like that. It was really weird, but. Not as cool. It wasn't as cool. Yeah. I, <laughs> I searched everywhere for Kong or Godzilla vs. Kong, but. I think HBO Max is the only place that you can watch it on. Not unless I'm missing something. And yeah, didn't watch it. So I was, I was prepared to pay $30 just to rent it, you know? Yeah. I thought that's how it was right now. Isn't it? You kind of have to rent it and that's like box office sales. Yeah. I think for $30. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is like that, which is crazy. You know, $30 just to rent $20 to rent, but right. Some some places, like I think if you sign up for HBO Max, however much that is a month, you could watch it under that price, you know, the monthly price. Uh, right. I searched Amazon video, couldn't find it anywhere. So appreciate you asking. So I'll tell you what, fellas, I miss paying $50 at the movies for some popcorn and a slushie. Just the experience. <laughs> I know. I yeah. Mo and I saw the Kong versus Godzilla movie. I appreciated the fact that it was more monkeys and reptiles fighting and less people talking than the last one. Yep, but then by the lot. end of it, yeah, by the end of it, I kind of had a headache from all of the metal clashing on metal. And then there's a lot of neon lights and I wanted to go to sleep, but still a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it was yeah. funny. I was actually I was actually coming to you next, Ryan, because I I know that you have seen it just you know just by knowing you. Um, <laughs> Great, lots so of monkey fighting, it. you know, teeth gnashing, <laughs> yeah. slimy reptiles. I'm into it. Yeah, it's like football. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we'll uh, transition right into our quarterbacks. Let's talk about the biggest uh, biggest reptile. I'm just kidding. I don't know why he's a reptile. I just made that up. But uh, Trevor Lawrence. He is got, a Godzilla. Yeah, or is he Kong? Because he's got that long, beautiful locks, you know, and those, that flow. Kong is the better movie monster, I believe. So I guess we, we can call him Kong. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he could go either way. He's got that kind of lizardy, you know, feel to him a little bit. He's tall. Six, six. Yeah. I think Godzilla's taller than Kong. Or I can't even remember how... Yeah, I can explain it because in like the first movies, Kong is like if you like the first Kong, he's like climbing up the Empire State Building, and then by right. this, he's like taller than the CN Tower. So I'm not really sure how that works. <laughs> yeah, 
works. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if he's on monkey steroids, but right, yeah, that's sta- that's standard for Kong movies, right? He just changes sizes every time. <laughs> I'm cool yeah. with it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, back to our lizard guy, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's six six, two twenty. You know, he's got that lizard feel, but he is an absolute stud. Um, and also, when we're talking about fantasy, I think it's he's the easiest to break down because. We kind of know where he's going, you know what I mean? Like, I think everybody in the world would be shocked if anybody but Trevor Lawrence went to the Jacksonville Jaguars at one overall. So um, we kind of know his coaching situation. You know, he's got Urban Meyer going down there, um, and he's got some weapons now. Marvin Jones is now teaming up with him down there. So he's got he's got some receivers. Uh, so I think he's got a good core to start, and then obviously we know um, – yeah, I was gonna I'm say. Sorry. Oh, sorry. We're... No, I was saying running back. Who's a running back from Jacksonville rookie James last Robinson. year? Yeah, James Robinson. Yeah. Right. Um, he had a breakout. So, so he's got some offensive weapons around him. So, what do you guys think about Trevor Lawrence? Well, I was gonna say he. Uh, he. I think he has one of the best situations. That is, if he goes to Jacksonville, he from the system he ran. At Clemson, you know, well translate well under Urban Meyer, and I think he has a he's going to get put in a good situation under Meyer. So that's exciting to see. Yeah, because I mean that was one of the big criticisms of like there was a couple of Trevor Lawrence is that you know he, they ran a very collegey system. Yep. You know, not very not, not a NFL type system, but going into Urban Meyer, he can maybe design the offense around Lawrence. And the other was he wasn't as fast as processing defenses as like a generational talent like him should be. Like he's probably the most touted QB prospect since probably Andrew Luck, I would say. But like besides those small little things, I mean, he's what you want in a franchise QB. Like you were saying, big, he's got a big arm, physical, and he also like he's not afraid to run and he's he's fast, too. So like he's a he could he could be a very viable fantasy option coming up this year like DJ Chark, Chenault, you yeah. got Robinson and like you said Marvin Jones Jr. I mean he's set yeah. up pretty well to maybe make an impact. Yep, and I I like what I like what Steve was saying about Urban Meyer, and I think Urban Meyer saw that as well, and that was kind of I I think that was probably a big uh, reason why he wanted to go to Jacksonville. Um. And it's funny that we talk about that because, like, you would think normally the team with the 101 overall, probably, like, the hardest situation to walk into, whereas this year it's, like, no one really wants to walk into New York and play for the Jets, and they're at two overall, <laughs> which I know they kind of blew their chance of having Trevor Lawrence um, of sorts, you know, by winning a game, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I would agree with you guys. I think Trevor Lawrence is the most... When you look at when you look at him, and he's been touted since he was in high school, so he's handled you know big pressure. And I, I like listening to Bucky Brooks and uh, Daniel Jeremiah uh, on their podcast, and they talk about it a lot and how how much it means to have that pressure on you as a young guy, as a high school quarterback, as a college quarterback. You play in these big games; everybody expects you to play big, and then you do play big. Um, you know, and it's like I was telling Steve the other day. You know, some of his down games in college, um, he was thrown for 400 yards against Ohio State. You know what I mean? It's just like the guy, 
he looks the part and he typically plays the part. And now we're going to see what, what that looks like at the next level. And I think, I think you're right. I think he will have a fantasy impact right away and he'll be on a lot of guys rosters and even possibly QB one, you know, so yeah, especially we'll fantasy purposes and, and dynasty purposes. Uh, Lawrence is, is definitely a pickup. He's also agree. very mature. Like he seems pretty level headed and you definitely want that in your franchise right. quarterback. I like his decision not to attend the draft. You know, yeah. he's like, I'm not really about the glitz and glamour in the spotlight. He seems like a guy that just wants the ball. And that's what you yeah, want. He, natural leader. Yep. Um, and, and that's, that's a similarity that I've seen between him and Justin Fields. And we'll get to Justin Fields in a second, uh, real quick for Trevor Lawrence's 2020 season. He had, uh, 3,153 yards, 24 touchdowns and five interceptions. Um, and that was after they changed changed the offense a little bit too. So that's not, you know what I mean? That's just, I think that also speaks to how he can adapt um, to his scheme. You know, like you said, Urban Meyer is going to set something up for him. That's, you know, friendly to a, a young quarterback like himself. But I also think he has the ability to kind of walk into anywhere and potentially be successful, you know, so. He can work yes. out any of the kinks that he has, you know, be it the, the, like the issues with processing, like especially with like safeties, and things like that. That's things that, I mean, he's going to grow and he'll learn accordingly. Like he's, he just, he's in a really good spot and I don't see Jacksonville taking anybody other than Lawrence in that number one, like maybe a 10% chance they go Wilson over him, but I wouldn't see why I just, right. Lawrence is more of the safe bet. And if you do fail with your, if with your first round pick, you take Lawrence and it's like, well, he was the guy I was supposed to take taking yeah. There's some people that say maybe Wilson over him, but that's just that's kind of a gamble. I do like Wilson as well, though. But yeah, it's yeah. a different conversation. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, quarterback rookies coming in this year, and obviously that's why we're that's why we're doing a, a whole show on it, <laughs> right? Um, so an, so another another just like we said, Trevor Lawrence, six six, two hundred twenty pounds. Another just like physically imposing NFL looking quarterback. Coming in, Justin Fields, that I, like I mentioned, 6'3", 228. Um, and the first thing that pops out to me when I watch this guy's film is just like how strong of a runner he is. Um, and at a high, at a high level too. Like Trey Lance is a strong runner too. I like watching Trey Lance run. Um, but I do think there's something to be said, um, about the guys that are trying to tackle him, you know, at North Dakota State University versus Ohio State University. Um, and there's also going to be a difference between both of those and the NFL, those guys that are, you know, strong, like hard nosed physical runners. Um, it's, it's a little different at the NFL level and we, we, we've seen that time and time again, you know, but, um, but I think there is something to be said about Justin Fields, you know, what, what he did and what he looks like as a runner and as a, and as a um, passing quarterback. But, uh, I think Justin Fields is definitely when you think about an NFL quarterback and what they look like, he he's kind of it. And he's also got those same leadership qualities that we talked about with uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, very respected in the locker room and he's had the spotlight on him. You know, he was on the QB one show on Netflix in high school, went to, you know, went to Georgia. He's, he's another guy that's had the spotlight on him uh, since he was a child, essentially, you know, and he's handled it um, as well as anyone could expect, you know, Anything pop out to you guys about Justin Fields? Quick uh, 2020 stats real quick, I'll give you. 2,100 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. 
So with both, I kind of put, this is just my opinion, I kind of put Trey Lance and Justin Fields into the same box of potential boom or bust. Because like with Justin Fields, I think one of the big criticisms is he's a first-read quarterback. And in that Clemson game, he made multiple like second, third-read throws. But it seems like more often than not, he is kind of like that first-read quarterback. But I think I've said it before, that's something that can be coached. You know, he can, I think if you put like a Justin Fields or Trey Lance behind someone like a Big Ben, you know, or like maybe they go to the Falcons, sit a year, learn the system, get more comfortable, they can like iron out those issues. And if you could do that, they're both just like great arms, they can run. And that's, I mean, for fantasy purposes, that's what you want most of the time. More often than not, you want that running quarterback. That's just more right. points. Yep. You know, like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, they both have great arms. Well, I guess we'll talk more about Trey Lance later. But with yep. Justin okay. Fields, it's just that, you know, he just he has to get through his <clears throat> progressions better, essentially, is what is one of his biggest problems. But besides that, he's like that kind of like that archetype of Trevor Lawrence, where he looks like that big franchise QB that you want. More like, you know, he reminds me kind of like Cam Newton. You know, yeah. I think that Justin Fields will be bowling through, like, you know, defensive players more than, like, uh, I would say, like, Trey Lance would. But uh, Justin Fields, he's, like, if he goes to the right team, like, if he goes to San Francisco, I would draft him in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question is um, his potential really depends on both of those guys, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, depends on if they're starting and where they go. Right. Um, so Justin Fields, like you said, if he goes number three to San Francisco, I think there's no question he's going to be fantasy relevant and he's going to put up a lot of points. You know, um, Shanahan's offense is just friendly to friendly to quarterbacks in pretty much any way. And that guy's got a lot of talent and he can make a lot of things happen. So I think he's going to have a huge impact if he goes there. But we've heard we've heard Mac Jones linked to San Francisco. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but um, Mac, Mac Jones apparently is Shanahan's first option. Um, I don't know if that's just a smoke screen and then he's going to take fields or, you know, I don't know why he would do that. He's got the number three pick. If you're going to take fields, just say you're going to take fields. You know, yeah. It's yeah. Not like, yeah. Um, but yeah. So we'll see about that. What do you, what do you got? What do you got, Steve? Sorry if I cut you off. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, you read the 2020 stat line. I don't have his yards for 2019, but all I wrote down, whoops. All I wrote down was he, he threw for 41 touchdowns. And he only had three interceptions in 2019, which I found really impressive. I also wrote down that he's he's very accurate and he's consistent with being accurate. But I think more importantly, Justin Fields is a leader on and off the field. You know, if you guys recall, he was he was one of the the first guys the the top guys to bring uh, Big Ten football back you know and have a season to play this past year like fields was one of the leaders that put that on so absolutely yeah and um and we're michigan fans here so it it means a lot for us to be hyping up a osu guy but yeah the dude is that good and i think he definitely and i don't i don't really buy into that you know always coming from ohio state like doing haskins like okay 
a lot of guys have, you know, played played quarterback and came from schools with other bad quarterback. Like that doesn't matter to me. That's a totally different guy, and he plays different. And I just, I don't know. I just see a, a lot, a lot of differences in those two guys, um, and maturity wise. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what was going to be my number one thing. Is I'm glad Steve brought that up. Is look what Dwayne Haskins up to now, and what Justin Fields is up to. You know what I mean? It's just I just see two different guys. Which is a shame. I loved Haskins. I actually loved Haskins coming out of college. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he, I mean, he might get another opportunity, but that, you know, it's a here nor there. That's another conversation. Exactly. I know. Yeah, he's uh, with the Steelers, right? He's on their practice squad. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, but we've seen how, how fast uh, quarterbacks can go down. <laughs> <Yes>. Yep. <laughs> so, I don't see yeah. him making it there. So another big thing, you brought up the interception, Steve. One thing that jumped out to me about Trey Lance is, because um, I would agree that when I look at like their running prowess, Justin Fields and Trey Lance kind of look the same to me. Like They look like pass first, but hard nose, like can get it done on the ground. Fair, you know, you know, that they just look like they run the same. Anyway, Trey Lance had zero interceptions 2019. He only played one game in 2020, so it's, you know, um, zero interceptions. He threw his first inter- college interception in the first game of 2020, his only game of 2020. Um, and watching that game, it just looked like he struggled a lot under pressure, um, which a lot of guys do. Obviously, that's a big thing, but like he just, he just looked very uncomfortable and it looked almost like, um, he hadn't seen a defense that was schemed to stop him before, you know, whereas 2019, he kind of just ran over everybody. Um, and kind of did what he want. And then the first game of 2020, they kind of know like, all right, Trey Lance is the guy that we got to lock up and then we'll worry about everybody else. And I think it was very evident in his play. And that's why um, I'm the most apprehensive about Trey Lance as far as fantasy. I think he has the highest bust potential, I guess I would say, but also he's got a pretty high ceiling, like, like Ryan said, you know, with um, running yards and all that. But I don't know. I just, out of all the five guys that we're going to talk about today, the main the main five, you know, get into other guys, but I think he's the one that I would be least happy about wanting to draft, um, and especially because I, especially because I don't think he's going to start anywhere he goes. If he goes in four to the Falcons, you know, he's playing behind Matt Ryan. If he goes seven to the Lions, he's playing behind Goff. If he goes, you know, to Carolina, he's playing by, you know, what I mean, just you can go down the list. Maybe he starts at Denver. Maybe, probably not though, you know, but, um, I don't know. Denver's sitting at nine right now. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're, you're good. I was going to say, I think Lance is definitely one of those guys you have to sit behind a quarterback for a year or two, you know, much like Rogers did with Brett Favre. He's, he's going to have to sit behind a quarterback. He's, he's going to have to learn his, um, how to read defenses a little better and work through his progressions. But I think Lance is not going to start. Like you said, he's, he's definitely going to sit behind a quarterback. So maybe, maybe you could draft him and set him on your bench. You know, if you have the room, so, definitely. So, um, so let me ask, what do you guys think if Lance goes three to the 49ers, the old Shanahan switcheroo? Well, I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. Well, I mean, hey, he's the QB guru. You're like, he's yeah. <laughs> he's the offensive yeah. mind, so there's a reason he takes him. So you kind of have to, like, trust 
what Shanahan's thinking. I mean, he's definitely going to probably have him sit behind Jimmy G if G- Jimmy, Jimmy G is still there. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. But that would be that would be wild. That would be probably the most unexpected move of the draft for me. But maybe yeah. possible. Yeah, I think it is possible. Um, just because you know, coach talk and all that. I don't know. I just I'm not sold on anything in the top five right now. Besides maybe one and two, and even two, I feel like is. I mean, Zach Wilson. We'll get into him next. Um, I think he's yeah. I think he's pretty safe. And Steve, I'm glad that you and I had a little discussion about him yesterday. And I was at that point, I was still kind of like mm, I don't know. He looked good, but watching him again today, I gave him I gave him a watch early this morning, and I agree, he is a stud. And I think he, I think he has that. Dare I say, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers esque feel. He's just a net. He's a natural ball player. Um, and you, when you look at what he does to defenders, um, he just reads defenses and people really well uh, in in the middle of the play, which I think is huge at the next level. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because you compared him to Rodgers and Mahomes because I compared him to uh, a Josh Allen and Mahomes because he has that strong quarter or he has a strong arm. I watched him throw up a ball. It was in the air for 55 yards before it went down. He has a strong arm. He's a he's a pass first guy, but he can yeah. run, you know, just like an Allen and Mahomes. They're they're pass first guys, more so Mahomes, but pass first guys finding their option. If there's nothing, they're taking off. And that's what I like about Wilson. He is the most yeah. mechanically gifted, I think, of all of these prospects, just in terms of like his footwork, like his release. He it kind of looks like he just thrives in the pocket and like he just it just looks like he's meant to play quarterback to me. Yeah. And like he could be I don't know, I, I could see the Jaguars putting up a smoke screen screen for Lawrence and just being like, yeah, you know, it's I guess the only knock one of the only knocks against Wilson is he's, he's not as big, you know, yeah. but he makes up for it and his footwork and his mechanics like he'll just sidearm it. He doesn't have to throw over guys, you know, he could be a viable yeah. first round pick. So, so Ryan, I actually, I, I kind of thought that he was kind of smaller too, Zach Wilson. And after looking at it, so Justin Fields, 6'3", 228. Zach Wilson is 6'3", 210. Like, yeah, he's 18 pounds like lighter, but maybe that's a benefit to him because he looks like he moves. It looks like he moves um, better than at least in the pocket, like laterally, you know, it looks like he moves a little bit quicker than, than Justin Fields um on on tape and i will say um a lot of people have knocked zach wilson for like his quality of this this is another guy who's his quality of schedule you know um who he was playing but i was thinking like I, i keep making the pat mahomes connection pat mahomes he had the big game oklahoma against texas tech when him and baker mayfield went you know tit for tat back in the day but no one said anything when Texas Tech lost 66 to 10 against Iowa State, you know, and so like, I don't know, there's just like, I I don't buy as much into, there is something to be said about the competition, but you also have to look at what these guys have done on the field and what they look like while playing the game of football in big games, you know. Um, and I feel like, so, I, I I hear the same thing, Mike, about the competition and you're exactly right when my when Mahomes was at Texas Tech 
who did they play? You know, it's, it was about the same. The, yeah. I, what are they? The yep. Big Twelve, I believe. You know, who did yeah. they play? I mean, it's, it's I mean, they the still same. played some. Yeah, they played Oklahoma and stuff, but like it's different because we're talking about different, um, different aspects of the game. So when I'm talking about Trey Lance and his competition, I'm talking about him running through tackles and running people over and out, you know, outrunning guys like literal, literal speed and physical attributes. And I'm talking about Zach Wilson's um, competition and what he did to them. I'm just talking about um, the skill ability, you know, where he's putting the ball, um, little, little, little nuances, pump fakes, things like that. Like just things that he's doing to defenders mentally, not physically, you know what I mean? And I think that translates through all levels of the game. You know what I mean? So. I was going to say, and he's got the, he's got the sidearm throws. Like he's not just the one come up over the top kind of thrower. You know, he, he can throw it from different angles and wherever. Yeah. yeah, Whatever position his body's at, he can make the throw most of the time. Yep. And I know one, and I know last time we were talking about how um, Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson had that, kind of similar throw during Zach Wilson's pro day where he's rolling to his left and he throws across his body to his right dime. Uh, and I was kind of like, well, I'd like to see him do it in a game. Well, I, I saw him do it in a game like three times this morning when I was watching film. So like, I don't know, he kind of answered my questions this morning when I was watching him. Uh, so yeah, I'm on board. I'm on, I'm on the Zach Wilson train. He was going to be my bold prediction, but then I didn't want to go with a quarterback you know a rookie yeah. quarterback as a bold prediction but i yeah i personally think he's gonna be the best quarterback this year out of these rookies yeah, yeah and listen listen to his listen to his 2020 stats 3692 yards 33 touchdowns and three interceptions like the dude just was like and yeah okay competition but he was lighting everybody up like, yeah and with that competition thing, it's BS because I don't care yeah. who you're playing against. A good throw, like threading the needle, like throwing into like a very enclosed small space and like hitting it yeah. more often than not, that's a it good looks throw. The same. It, yeah, it, looks it looks the, the same. same. It doesn't matter. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you can play, you know, devil's advocate and say, well, the competition's not as good. But when you're on a bigger level, say Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence has a better supporting cast around him you know his receivers are better mac jones has two top 10 receivers around him you know i don't yep, right. I, I don't know of a byu receiver that is going in the top 10 or the first round in general so i feel yeah, like at, it's the supporting yeah. cast it's you know you could art you could argue that all day okay so let's get so back so back to the fantasy aspect of zach wilson Say he goes number two to the Jets. What do you guys think his ceiling is with the Jets? New new head, new coaching staff, all that. He probably won't be fantasy relevant this year, just because you know it is the Jets and they're kind of rebuilding. I mean, weapon wise, Anders Robbie Anderson's gone, and then I guess they have Jamison Crowder. Like yep. receivers, I don't know who else could be relevant. Rash- you know. Rashad- Rashad Perryman just there we go. Just signed with the lion. He just signed with the lion, so he's gone. Yeah, um, he's potential. Um, yeah, you know, that is dynasty. Yeah. Good dynasty pick, but yeah, yeah like redraft, you're gonna have to wait a couple of years probably. Does you know, or he might blow up. I don't know, but just right. I think I think yeah, yeah. I would say that he probably has a 
Tua-esque season like Tua had last year. I think he'll probably get the job done in a few games, and maybe people will be like talking about him, like, is he the guy? But I think he is the guy. Um, they just have to build around him, really, so in my opinion. Now, like you said, if, if the Jaguars throw up a smoke screen, screen and he goes there, I think he has the same potential, maybe even, dare I say, more than Trevor Lawrence uh, from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot, um, but I don't see... I don't know. Those two guys, like, they look similar to me in how they play the game. I don't know. I like I like both those guys. I think whoever goes to Jacksonville is probably going to have a fantasy-relevant season. But Zach Wilson, I think at, I think Zach Wilson going two to the Jets, I would agree. I would taper my expectations. I'd probably still draft him, especially in Dynasty format, like you said. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to see... Show me the money first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, definitely in a dynasty format. I'm, I would all day draft Wilson. In a dynasty, put him on your bench, you know. Okay, so out of... Okay, so out of uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence, who are you... Okay, I'm not, not Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, who are you taking, Steve? Even if uh, field, let's say okay, no, just in general in, in dynasty, field, Fields goes to San Francisco and Wilson goes to the Jets. Who are you taking? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, gosh, if Fields if Fields went to the Niners, I mean that. That'd be nice. It's tough, right? Yeah, that's really tough because <laughs> the, the Jets is probably the one place where <laughs> I just don't want to see a quarterback go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So, what do you I, think, Ryan? Yeah, I would still probably go Zach Wilson. J- I know that he's going to the Jets, but I just believe in his ability to produce to where, like, as good as as good as Justin Fields could probably be on San Francisco. Let's say that, like, if there's a chance of a quarterback not working out between the two anywhere, I would say it's Justin Fields. Just based on his processing ability of, like, defenses, his reads, as physically gifted as he is, I don't know. My gut just says Wilson, even if he goes to the Jets. Because, I mean, maybe not this year he's going to do great, but Selah is going to probably, you know, try to instill a better culture there. Yeah. Get the stink of Adam Gase off, you know, and <laughs> yep, that's what I was gonna say. Yep, yep, I'd agree. I would. I think I would go Wilson too. It'd be tough for me because I do think Fields has that just extremely high ceiling, especially in um, San Francisco. But I think longevity wise and just playing the safe bet, I think I I go Wilson probably. Um. Yeah, so let's talk. Let's talk Mac Jones. What do you guys think about his fantasy relevance if he goes to San Francisco? Kind of the same. Do you think? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We've we've heard we've heard Shanahan kind of wants a quarterback just to so he can play quarterback from the sideline, you know. And I think Mac Jones is that guy um, that he wants just because he makes great he makes great reads. He makes throws on time. Um, 
you know, he has a, he's played with the highest level. And, and when you talk about competition, this is something I was thinking about. Mac Jones, yes, he played at Alabama. He had all-star receivers that are probably, you know, top, that are top 10 in the NFL draft. Um, but you think about who he's throwing against also, not just in, on game day, but in practice every day. He's throwing against guys that are NFL, NFL talent every single day at practice. So it's kind of that iron sharpens iron theory, you know, and I think Mac Jones is probably, he's probably the dark horse, but he really shouldn't be, um, you know, and I think he has the potential, especially if he goes to the 49ers to be immediately fantasy relevant. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think he has a high floor, especially if he goes to the the Niners, um, working under Shanahan. Cause I feel sometimes watching tape tape on him, I feel sometimes he he gets tunnel vision and can't see like an open receiver. But I definitely think, you know, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, you got those guys you're passing to. You know, I think any quarterback getting put in that position is is going to succeed. Mac Jones has the best deep ball accuracy, I think, of any of these quarterbacks in this draft. I think it even rivals Joe Burrow's college season and I just I think about San Francisco in the Super Bowl Jimmy G missing Emmanuel Sanders wide open with like two minutes left in the fourth like he was wide open and he just misses this deep ball and I think that might be sticking in the back of San Francisco's mind like they just want a quarterback that can make those throws like Mac Jones he doesn't have the strongest arm of this class but he can still throw the ball deep and when he does, you can usually count on it being in the right spot, like regardless of who he's throwing to. Like, I don't like that criticism either of like, well, he's got Waddle, you know, he's got his Do- Smith, Smith. Mm-hmm. you know. Yes, they're great receivers, but I mean, who does Aaron Rodgers throw to, you know? OK, he's throwing to Devontae Adams. Does that take anything away from Aaron Rodgers and his ability? Does that take anything away from Devontae Adams? No, they're just two elite players playing together. And I think you could say that about Mac Jones playing with Devonta and Jalen Waddle. They're just, those three together are great. Yeah. They, yeah. That <laughs> could be true. I, I, I don't know. I feel like when you have two of the best receivers on your team uh, in college, that's going to put you above, um, that's going to make an average quarterback, you know, really look really good. You can toss to him. Now you're right. Jones is accurate, uh, very accurate on deep balls, but I just, I don't know. I feel under Nick Saban having those two receivers being on Alabama. I feel feel Jones is in a good spot and you're absolutely right. He could come out and, and just ball, you know, he could come out and, then I'm wrong. Like, yep, Jones was Jones was legit in college, you know. So, yeah. yeah. The thing about the thing about his fantasy ceiling, um, I would agree that he's probably has he's probably safe. He's probably has a high floor. I don't think his ceiling is really. Um, I don't know. I would probably put Mac Jones' ceiling in fantasy to be the lowest out of the top five guys, only only because I he's not going to give you that. Um, running aspect, you know, he's he's not he's really not going to give you any rushing yards, 
in fact, he might just take sex. <laughs> so, so yeah, he might just take them. Yeah. And like my analysis yeah. is more of just like as a quarterback, just for NFL purposes. Yeah. yeah like yeah. for fantasy purposes, I totally agree, Mike. Like his, his ceiling is not going to be that high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's six, he's six, three, um, 214 pounds. You know, he's got the same pretty much profile of, as a lot of these guys besides, you know, the top two or Justin Fields and, um, uh, Trevor Lawrence, but you know, it's 2020 sets, 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, yeah. So he obviously won at Alabama, which is what they expect, but that's, there's still something to be said about winning. Um, as you can see, but yeah, so he's got the potential to succeed. I just don't, I'm just not excited exactly about his fantasy, um, relevance, I guess. Yeah. So who do you think was better at Alabama, Tua or Jones? Hmm. I'd say I would say Jones as well. Um, obviously, Tua had the injury stuff. I don't think Tua was bad. You know, I wouldn't really say that, but like, um, I don't know. I just think Mac Jones got it done more efficiently. And like I said, I think he, he does have, you know, he does have what it takes to make it in the NFL. I just... Out of the five guys, I'm probably looking at drafting him last out of those five as far as, you know, even redraft or dynasty. Um, for me, it probably goes, so, so for dynasty, it probably goes Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and then Trey Lance, or no, then, then Mac Jones, and then Trey Lance. I'm, so I guess I misspoke. Trey Lance is actually who I'm least excited about. I think Trey, and that could change also potentially on where Trey Lance goes. If Trey Lance gets shoved into a starting role, I just don't see it working out. I think he's a guy that needs to sit behind one of these guys that we're talking about. He needs to sit behind Goff or Matt Ryan or, you know, one of these vets that have been there uh, and learn the NFL game and also just get more comfortable. I just, you know, he doesn't, he played one game in 2020. He just needs more time under center and, doing all these things at a high, high, high level. So I'll taper my expectations, obviously, but out of this year starting, I think Trey Lance is who I'm most concerned about. Um, so Mac Jones is probably number four for me. What do you guys? For me, if Mac you? Jones goes to San Francisco, so let's say that San Francisco picks Mac Jones in terms of like fantasy relevance, I would probably go Trevor Lawrence just because he's going to go to Jacksonville. Then mm -hmm. Zach Wilson. Then Mac. Well, no, no Trevor Lawrence. And if Mac Jones goes to San Francisco, I'm going to put Mac Jones behind Trevor Lawrence. Then Zach Wilson, just because he's going to New York, he's going to the jets fields and then Lance. But like I think a good idea would to be once the draft happens, we see where these quarterbacks land, reevaluate like our predict like, you know, this analysis to see mm -hmm. what changes, you know? Yeah. And I think I think we're probably in the minority. A lot of people are high on um Trey Lance's fantasy um you know, his you know, his ceiling essentially, because he has that running aspect of his game. Um and I mean look at Dak, you know. Da I don't. I don't even know what college Dak went to. Do you guys? Was it Mississippi State? Uh, top I could just be pulling that. 
I think I could just be pulling that out of my butt. Let me look. Yeah. Like Dak, I don't know what college he went to. Um, I know it was in Alabama or OSU, you know, maybe I'm a casual for that, but like, um, my, my, the point is, the point is, um, yeah, he went to Mississippi state. Oh, nice. That was a, that was a nice shotgun that you had there. So yeah. Yeah. So that's a bigger school, but the point that I'm trying to make is I'm not saying Trey Lance can't be fantasy relevant and I don't believe in his ceiling. Cause I do think he has a high ceiling. I'm just more concerned about the bus potential. Uh, just from what I watched on, you know, game film, um, that really scared me, you know, watching, especially the first game of the 2020 season, the only game he played, it seems like the defense just adjusted for him. And that was that. And they, you know what I mean? They kind of figured him out a little bit. He still had, he still had a few really nice runs and he, he hit, he had a touchdown pass, but it was wide open. You know, I feel like anytime so I, another quality that I forgot to bring up between Justin Fields and Trey Lance is I think they obviously excel in an extremely clean pocket, but it's like when the pocket gets dirtied up a little bit, when they get a guy on their shoulder pad or on their ankle as they're trying to throw, it just, it looks bad to me. Like, I don't know, you know, and that's, and that's big at the next level. I think like you look at quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger and guys that can just stand there and throw a strike, you know, with a guy right in their face. And it's like, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I want to see. And I know these guys are, yeah, and that's and that's exactly what I saw from Zach Wilson. And I didn't really see it from Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I saw more of like, but they are young guys, and that's something that gets developed in, you know, getting comfortable, stepping up, climbing the pocket with a, you know, guy coming blazing through the A-gap or something like that. You know, it's just like stuff that you have to get used to, I'm sure. But um, that's Trey Lance specifically looked really rattled when the defense adjusted to him. Um, so I'm just more concerned, I guess, about his bus potential. You could kind of draw a comparison to like Lamar Jackson's first year as a starter, you know, sets the uh, single season rushing record for a QB, you know, defenses didn't really know what to do with him. And then second year, not to say that his fantasy season was horrible by any means, it got better near the end, but that second season of him being a starter, they kind of figured him out a little bit. And like, he definitely struggled, especially in his passing game. Like I could definitely see like a, I guess you call it parallel between the two yeah well and history shows that that you know the one year because because lance you know had a had a great what was it 2019 season i believe yeah 2019 yeah, yeah. He played one game oh yeah but the one year quarterbacks don't go too well you know um like yeah. guys like mitch trubisky had a great you know year in college got drafted and didn't do too well, uh, Blake Bortles. So there's just, you know, history shows there's, there's guys that can do it all in college, have a great year, shoot up the draft boards, uh, come to the NFL and just not produce. And hopefully not the case. I think all the quarterbacks this year are, are phenomenal. I think it's a great year for quarterbacks. Um, all skill skilled uh position players in general it's a great year but yeah i think yeah, it's, like it's a, really deep so yeah i think that the focal point of that is the starting role like we were talking about before i think i don't know some of these guys you got to give them a year you have to give them a year and, and let them adapt to the game um or at least see if they're going to adapt yeah trey lance's 2019 season 
2,789 yards, 28 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And that's what I was talking about. It's like, wow. So he was safe with the ball, got it done. Um, and then, you know, that first game in 2020, he fumbled. I mean, he got strip sacked, but whatever, he fumbled. Um, threw a pick, you know, like he just kind of looked a little shaken when defense was ready for him. Yeah. But hard runner. Uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of talent at the skill position. I'm curious to see. Uh, top, top. I'll go over the top drafts real quick. Tra- draft picks, excuse me. First, obviously, Jacksonville. We think it's Trevor Lawrence. Two, New York Jets. We think it's Zach Wilson. Third, 49ers. We think it's Mac Jones, but it could be Justin Fields or, or Trey Lance. It literally could be any three of those, and I don't think anybody would be too surprised. Maybe Trey Lance, but... Um, five Cincinnati Bengals, they're not taking a quarterback. Dolphins, they're not taking a quarterback at six. You know, Lions at seven, they, they, they might take a quarterback. I've heard, I've heard Justin Fields actually connected to the Lions in a couple mock drafts. Um, like we talked about the other day. So we'll see if they go with one of those guys. And I think that's a spot where is a good, good position for one of these guys to sit behind Jared Goff. This guy's been to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, at the very least, they can watch and adapt to the game behind Jared Goff. And maybe if, you know, if something, if something happens, they have to step up. But I think that's a good spot for any of these guys. Panthers, um, they're not taking a quarterback at eight. Broncos, they need a quarterback at nine. Um, so that's another one. I think if one of these guys goes to the Broncos, there's potential. Like if Trey Lance goes to the Broncos, maybe he's fantasy relevant. You know, he's got Jerry Judy there. And I mean, yeah, Jerry Judy. <laughs> I know he's got the other Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got some receivers there in Denver, but I don't know, just a young guy starting. Maybe it's just another, um, who's their quarterback now? It's Who? Drew Locke. Yeah. Locke. Drew Locke. Right. Yep. Laser pistol guy. Yeah. Seen that meme <laughs> shooting lasers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I saw not him. anymore, dude. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him vibing out to a uh, young Jeezy one time. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a good party guy. Go with Drew Lock. Yeah, he does. You know? Yeah, I could drink some beers yeah. with Drew Lock, that's <laughs> for sure. I think if uh San Francisco takes Justin Fields, which is possible, I think a good landing spot for Mac Jones would maybe be Denver. If if Mac Jones falls that hard. Yeah. That could be a good spot for him to work out. With both yeah, yeah Jerry Hughes and Sutton. But then again, like with these quarterbacks, I mean Probability-wise, one of them is going to work out in the end, maybe two of them. You know what I mean? Because that's just right. usually how it goes with QBs. Like, first-round pick-wise, there was, like, a stat where I think it's only Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman were first-round picks who were drafted by their team that went to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So, like, that is just that's just the way QBs work. Not everybody works out. A lot Absolutely, of times they get yeah. traded, you know, yep. so you're just kind of like hedging your bet, like probability wise, who has the best chances of working out, you know, and I definitely think it's like Trevor Lawrence, most likely Zach Wilson. You just have to kind of like get that right dart throw. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think Zach Wilson has, has that it quality that I, I think that you just don't see in a lot of guys. But we'll see if that translates to the NFL. And I know kind of taper. I don't think it's going to be immediately if it does. But, yeah. 
So back to our back to that first what we were just talking about. Out of these top five guys, who are you most likely to slug beers with? I think it's Mac Jones. It's got to be Mac Jones, right? <laughs> Mac Jones, definitely. Dude, I think Wilson yeah. though. Zach Wilson. I think Ryan. Look at Wilson and Ryan. That headband, yeah. man. That bandana around the head. Wilson seems like. Yeah. He's a, he, but I did see Wilson. He. Uh, I did read somewhere that he. He kind of came for money, and so you have to believe that he's he's been just. Well, it's funny that it's funny that you say that because I was going to say Wilson looks like the guy that opens the door at the frat party that you are invited to, but you're not actually part of the frat, and you're like trying to explain who you know to him, <laughs> and he's like, "No, he's like, no, dude, you're not coming in." Yeah, I'm looking through the list. <laughs> it, it'd probably you're probably right. It'd probably be Jones, Mac Jones. Yep. Yeah, Mac Jones has, looks like he opens the door with no shirt on, yeah. freaking kegging, kegging one hand. Come on in, brother. <laughs> My name is McCorkle. That's what Mac stands for. Yeah, McCorkle. I would party with a guy named McCorkle. Yeah, oh, yeah, me too. All day. All day. He's probably got a McCorkle uh, limited tattoo somewhere on his yep. chest or something. It's right by his navel. Yeah. <laughs> like Thug Life. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. It's like, I'm not messing yeah. with that guy. No, for sure. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, we covered a lot of stuff today. Um, you know, I th- I'm really excited about the prospects of these guys and, and what they're going to be and obviously what, what teams they go to. I think we're about three weeks out from the draft right now. Um, so sooner than later, we will know. And then we can really assess their fantasy, uh, potential fantasy relevance this year. Um yeah, so we'll wrap it up with that. Thanks for joining us on uh, ep- on our first official episode of the Three Fantasy Boys podcast. Uh, check us out pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Buzzsprout, any of that. We also have a YouTube channel if you like watching the video of us and our uh, beautiful mugs. Uh, you can check that out, and we're also on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Uh, pretty much just posting fantasy relevant updates to the season through the season. Um, and our show will be every Monday starting this Monday, April 12th, today's episode, by the way, didn't say that at the beginning, but yeah, Monday, April 12th and every Monday's thereafter. So check us out, come hang with us. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Have a good one, folks. Bang, 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 bang. I like that part. Bang, 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 bang.